no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down our Week 10 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings with special guest Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings and much more. Hey, Dub, man. Good to hear from you, man. How you doing? Doing good, Prez. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm happy to get our, our buddy Luke here on, on the pod with us so we could talk about this matchup. And it's kind of funny in our, our pre-show chat, we were talking about how both of these teams are kind of tortured. Luke, uh, definitely want you to come in and introduce yourself to our audience. And definitely, uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, my name is Luke Braun. I do the Locked On Vikings podcast uh, shows every morning, Monday through Friday. I also do the Locked On NFL podcast every Tuesday is when I'm on, but that also is a show every uh, Monday through Friday with a rotating cast of hosts every day. Yeah, and I, I write at zonecoverage.com twice a week as well about the Vikings. I'll tell you, this this guy, Luke, man, he's a busy guy. It was hard to even um, get him locked down to do this. So thank you for uh, carving out some time for us. <laughs> of course. You the man, course. Luke. You the man, of Luke. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, before we get into it, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on your, you guys' season so far. So you're three of five, but you guys are coming off two straight division wins. So you have to be feeling pretty good about that. But talk to us about your thoughts on the season so far for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, like, make too much of – a case for the Vikings being like a playoff team, at least at this juncture, I think they need to win a couple more in a row here. And then we can kind of maybe have that conversation, but the beginning of the season was just too bad. You know, you, you lose those two games, you know, you start off one and three that's, or start off zero and three, honestly, that's, that's a really difficult hole to kind of crawl out from. And they've been about 500 since then, which is an improvement and that's great, but there's still a lot of work to do before this season can actually be talked about like it's like it's going anywhere right now we're still kind of in the mode of uh, how are the rookies looking you know who are we keeping for next year basically all the questions i get for my show are all about who, th- who they should draft and stuff it might as well be be the off season still so <laughs> I, I think they're I, I, they're feisty enough to give people a you know a challenge and play spoiler if you do think you're in it for this season like you know the bears are in playoff position right now um or are they I don't well, know. that's that's but, that's the thing here, because we were. <laughs> oh, you were okay. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're feisty enough to give you some trouble, but they're. I, I don't know if they're going to make any noise of their own unless uh, things kind of keep going in a surprising direction. No, I hear you on that. And what, what's your thoughts there on Zimmer? I, I've seen a lot of chatter on Vikings Twitter where they've been very critical of him, but it seems like it's kind of calmed down a bit in the last couple of weeks. What are your thoughts there on your coach? We, I've, I, I'll be the last person on Zimmer Island. <laughs> I, I'm, I might be his biggest fan in Minnesota. So I, I might be on the extreme end of that spectrum, but I think you get that, you know, whenever you have a coach that's been there for five or six years 
and you know, that coach hasn't won the Super Bowl or hasn't won the Super Bowl recently, um, then, you know, anything short of domination, people are going to say, oh, we're stuck in mediocrity or oh, we just have to get rid of this coach. And, and, and people start calling for the head coach really it doesn't matter if they're good or not. If they've been around long enough and things aren't going well, the head coach is going to get some, the, the, the seat's going to heat up a little bit, but I think Zimmer's coaching out of his mind right now. I don't think he has any horses on that defense at, at all. I, they have like four good players and a whole bunch of rookies and a whole bunch of backups and people who couldn't make their, their roster in August who are now starting. I mean, it is an, an an abysmal lineup right now because of a combination of injuries and COVID stuff and opt-outs and stuff like that. They just don't have a lot of players on that defense. And the fact that Mike Zimmer has been able to get them to play like an NFL defense in the last couple of weeks and, you know, keep a lid on the Packers run game, keep a lid on, on Matt Stafford. I think that what he's done there, and I could go deeper in the weeds if you want, but I, what he's done with those people is uh, pretty astounding. I think he's having a really, really phenomenally positive effect on players who aren't very good to begin with, but are playing better than <laughs> they really should be. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because um, when we did our season preview and we talked about you guys' team and we said, man, they lost a lot of guys um, in the offseason. And that defense is very young and inexperienced. But we're starting to see them step up. The one area, and I'm sure. seeing this matchup that I really think that our team can exploit is with your cornerback situation. You guys have had a revolving door there. Oh, yeah. Can you talk to our oh, yeah. office about, you know, I mean, our audience a little bit more about what you guys are doing there to kind of shore that position up? Well, it's hard because I don't actually know. I and mean, I don't think anybody, I don't think the Bears know either who is actually going to play cornerback. So, I mean, you have Jeff Gladney. He's been playing a lot of nickel, but he'll play on the outside in base. So he's like one of those slot corners that doesn't come off when, uh, when it's time for there to only be two cornerbacks. He has been coming along. I mean, he had a really rough start as a rookie with no preseason. First two games were really, really bad. He's been kind of getting better every week. He actually had a really good game against Detroit. So he might actually be kind of figuring it out, turning it around. You also have like Harrison Hand who uh, didn't get, who didn't, wasn't able to play. He's been injured. But I mean, they don't have Mike Hughes. He's on IR with a neck injury. They just put Holton Hill, who was supposed to be their other starter on IR with a foot injury. They're starting a guy named Chris Jones, who uh, didn't make his team. They're uh, bringing in Cordrea Tankersley, who's been hurt for like two years, didn't make the team. I mean, they are bringing in people who were not deemed rosterable by other NFL franchises, and they're going to have to lean on those people. The other guy is Chris Boyd. He's a second-year player from Texas. Um, and he, he, I thought he had a pretty good game last week, but he's always, I mean, he's like cornerback six on this team and he's playing like a cornerback six, maybe better than you could expect for a cornerback six, which I think speaks to what I was saying about Zimmer, but yep. he's still a cornerback six, man. It's, it's yeah. There, there's not a lot of horses. If you got a good wide receiver, that good wide receiver can do what they do. The one thing that you'll see with this matchup, Luke, is we do have that type of talent on our offense. It's just oh, yeah. a matter of our coach scheming correctly and dialing up the correct play. Because like you said, I was looking at that and I said, man, that is a huge opportunity for us in this game. And I'm really highlighting one guy that I really think should be able to exploit this matchup. And that's Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Um, I just think it's going to be a matter of just basically us getting him the ball in the right spots, but also calling plays that will not, uh, that will keep your uh, pass rush at bay, right? Because we know how Nick Foles has, you know, performed the last couple of games. He's been very inconsistent, throwing off the back foot, throwing balls up for grabs. So that's something in this ball game. If we can protect Foles, call some plays that will complement his, his, his game, I think we could be able to have some success there. Hey, Doug, what are you thinking, man, when you look at, at our potential matchup with those guys? And then we'll go back to Luke and kind of get his keys from the game. Um, I think our matchup against the guys, I think we put ourselves in a good spot as far as our wide receiver core, because uh, like Luke was saying, 
his secondary is pretty much a little banged up. I mean, you got Mike Hughes and um, Houghton Hill who are injured, right? So that should give our wideouts a good chance to um, take some opportunities downfield. So we're talking about Mooney. You mentioned already Mooney, um, uh, A-Rob. These guys can be able to take advantage of that. So we'll see what Miller does as well with it. So I think that's a good opportunity for us to take advantage if our line can hold up. And, and, and that's a big if. And one thing, too, I was going to say to turn it back over on the um, offensive side of the ball for the, the Vikings. Everyone knows what how they like to play, right? They like to keep the ball on the ground, pound it out with Dalvin Cook, and take as much pressure off of uh, Kirk Cousins as possible. And I'll tell you, because I was a product of what he did in week eight, I played someone in fantasy that had Dalvin Cook. That's the only game that I lost this season, so I feel the pain of what the <laughs> Packers <all> feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to say, how do you feel about the scheme that you guys are trotting out there? Because I would say from um, what Kubiak is doing, it seems like he's made a couple wrinkles from the system from last season. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about kind of what uh, Kubiak's been doing with the uh, with the scheme there? Yeah, so Kubiak runs a wide zone scheme, which is very similar to the scheme you see in San Francisco, the scheme in Green Bay, uh, the Rams, the Titans, a lot of these offenses that have kind of seemed to be outperforming their talent as well. Um, and, and I think it's kind of the scheme that is the the 1A move in the NFL if you have the, the guys to run it. Um, and basically it is built off of these kind of stretch runs and then faking those stretch runs and bootlegging the other way. That's kind of the basic idea. Kirk Cousins, very good at play action. He runs a really, really good play action fake, like a convincing fake that people bite on a lot. I've got the Lions a ton on that. And he also is pretty good at throwing on the run and he's got a good deep arm for these deep shots. So, so Kirk Cousins is perfectly built for this wide zone. And that's kind of why the Vikings brought in Gary Kubiak. He's one of the original orchestrators of it. He was the OC for Mike Shanahan when all, when the, the Terrell Davis, John Elway years were happening, that was that same scheme. Right. Um, in terms of wrinkles, I, I think, you know, you, you could get really specific about like exactly what they are faking and what they're doing and stuff like that. And get into that if you want, but I think in general, it's more, I think the the broad strokes of it is you are basically finding ways to get uh, the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands yep. without uh, slamming him into a brick wall. He's not a power back. He's not going to Adrian Peterson this where it just bowls somebody over. <laughs> yep. um, but he's really good at maximizing the blocks of his offensive line. And that offensive line isn't great. You got like Dakota Dozier. He couldn't start anywhere else. You know, uh, Ezra Cleveland, a rookie who's very up and down. And those guys have really inconsistent blocks. But the way that Dalvin Cook manipulates angles and kind of the savvy that he runs with, the way he positions himself, uh, maximizes, makes those blocks look a lot better than they actually are. And can even take offensive linemen who have lost their block and bring them back into the play just by manipulating the angles, right? That's, I think, a big part of why Dalvin Cook has kind of uh, unlocked this running game and turned it into more than just your kind of average zone run. Oh, look, you know... uh, Josh Kelly's doing great. I think they're in a zone over there uh, in the Chargers. Um, that's one thing. But the the thing that has kind of turned this into Dalvin Cook is crushing people is that he's maximizing the guys around him. Yeah, he sure is. And you, I noticed uh, in the last game, I was uh, watching it. You guys ran a lot of power, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, do you yeah. think that you guys saw something on film um, in that Colts game that made you guys do that? Or what, what are your thoughts there? You know, I did think that, and then I looked into it, and the the Colts didn't actually run that well in that game. They passed all over the, the Lions. They didn't actually run that well, though. I'm actually still kind of bewildered by that. I mean, it worked out pretty well. Those plays worked very well. So maybe they just said, ah, maybe, you know, Riley Reef and Dakota Dozier can pull across the formation. We can just do something that way. Um, and it was certainly something the Lions were not prepared for, because, I mean, why would you? So <laughs> it, it was an interesting wrinkle. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was uh, an interesting thing 
that I don't quite know. I mean, they, they ran still a lot of their base concepts and a lot of their big stuff was, was a lot of inside zone and stuff, but yeah, a lot of pulling guards. That's not something you usually see from the Vikings. Not at all. And the one thing, like I wanted to piggyback off of what you said about Dalvin cook, because you're right. He's not a power back, which is what we saw last week with Derrick Henry. He's more downhill runner where what we see with Dalvin cook, he's more of that change of direction kind of guy. Once he plants his foot in the ground, he has that ability to kind of cut and get vertical up the field. And so that's, Mm -hmm one of those things in this matchup that I'm really worried about with our team. Cause if he can get past that first line of defense with our defense and he gets out in open space, he can, he's a home run threat. Well, yeah. I haven't the bears always had like a really good run defense though. Like Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and stuff like these guys are pretty disciplined in their gaps and can penetrate and stuff. I feel like the bears have always kind of had the number of this in a way that the Packers and lions haven't been able to. We have, and I would say when it's come to Dalvin, we have been able to have success with him against him. But I also realized that he's only played three games against the Bears in his career because he's had some injuries and we've he's missed him. Hurt, yeah. yeah, but I would say, yeah, we, we really played up well in that gap integrity on Sunday. Um, but I don't know, man. I just When I look at this matchup, it's just one and a dub. I don't know what you feel about it, but that's actually one of my keys to this matchup. I, I really want to make sure that we basically crowd the ball, and anytime Dalvin has that thing, we need to definitely key in on him and force Cousins to beat us. Well, what, what are your thoughts there, A-Dub? You hit a good point with stopping um, you know, Dalvin Cooks. Cook, and it's, it's a tough job to do, right? But one thing I see that we're going to have to exploit, really, to slow him down would be those gaps. When he runs right, when you get between the right guard and the right tackle, this guy is gone. I mean, I've seen him do it week after week these past couple of weeks, and that's how he actually tortured um, Detroit. He was going right. He was picking up some big yards. He also went left as well. But when he goes right, I mean, he makes some of the best decisions I've seen out of running back, and he can shoot through those gaps pretty quickly. So what that's going to mean, guys like Roquan Smith is going to have to shoot those gaps to slow him down because we know Mac on that side as well. Mac loves to go wide and try to go in to get a sack. But that's going to leave Roquan, Roquan right there, Smith, to make those big old tackles there. So that's going to be a key factor for us, how we shoot those gaps going forward. Yeah, have to be disciplined. Very he, disciplined. He's very deceptive. He's very good at luring you out of the gap, especially if you have linebackers that kind of are given the leeway to like pick the gap and kind of try to flow, find the running back. And like, you know, if you're asking linebackers to two gap or whatever, he's he's really, really good at tricking you into, into uh, putting down the wrong answer and right. then kind of, luring you out of position that's what he's done the last two weeks that's what he's done his whole career so you have to be very disciplined it's a, it's got to be a very belichickian do your job nobody get out of position nobody try to be a hero because the second you try to be a hero that's kind of how he punishes you well also i mean look at that that touchdown run that he had from last week uh, a dub i don't know you saw it when he broke that tackle from the d lineman and he got to the next level and it was just a wrap um, that was just grown man play right there <laughs> you know so the one against 10 men yes <laughs> definitely definitely a grown man move there but yeah but did you hear what he said there uh a-dub they, they only had 10 guys on the field on that play <laughs> yeah he had the right guard climbing up uh, he pulled and like was supposed to climb up to make a block against a linebacker and couldn't find a linebacker to block so he just blocked the safety and then nobody else was in front of dalvin cook and he just it was just the racists from there right yeah, that, that that was that was a heck of a play but he's been on a tear and I would say this, he's a threat, not only um, out of the, back, you know, running the ball, but a lot of people don't talk about the success that he has as a receiver as well. So that's going to be really imperative for our linebackers to key in on him. So whether that's Roquan or Danny, we just got to make sure that we keep that guy in front of us. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Luke, what are some of your keys um, for kind of what you see as uh, ways that you guys will be able to beat the Bears this week? And then we'll go into ours. 
Um, for the Vikings to beat the bears, I, I think there is something to just, you got to get a reasonable game out of Kirk cousins. He hasn't been able to put out a reasonable game against the bears. I don't really think the whole, like the whole time he's been here, right. He's lost both the ones in soldier field, lost the week 17 game a couple years ago, didn't play in the week 17 game last year. Um, so we, we haven't really seen Kirk cousins, like play reasonably against Chicago. He's got to get rid of that bugaboo and, uh, just not make the kind of mistakes that ruin games. And unfortunately for the Vikings right now, we're just kind of living and dying on whether or not Kirk cousins can play like a normal quarterback. And too often the answer to that has been no, and he's throwing dumb interceptions or, or getting strip sacked. Um, so I think just limiting those mistakes, making sure that we don't leave Khalil Mack one-on-one too often. The bears have been really good at manipulating our protections so that we end up with like Kyle Rudolph one-on-one with Khalil Mack. And it's like, well, that's just immediately a sack. You can't let that happen to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I think on the other side, you know, right now with the, the bad corners, we'd have to make sure that the corners don't get, uh, don't get stuck carrying routes all the way down the field. They've been pretty good at preventing this where anything that's deep, you know, if you're going to go deep to Darnell Mooney, we're passing that off to Anthony Harris or Harrison Smith. They're going to be able to make a play in a way that, you know, Chris Boyd probably won't. Um, but there's other technique stuff that, that they can do to kind of mitigate that. But it's all about right now, making sure that these corners don't get absolutely smoked deep, like what Devonte Adams did to them in week one. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty disgusting. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. The Packers. It's been tough for me to watch Adams tear it up the way he's been tearing it up. I it's, know. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to be a homer, but I said I don't even care when it comes to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah, Luke. Is there anybody on the injury report that we should be focused on? I noticed that you guys had a couple guys that are out. It was the couple of the corners that missed the game on Sunday. Anybody else that we should be aware of? Yeah, the corners, I think you can just safely like pencil down the corners as they're going to play some backups that probably shouldn't be in the game yet. (laughs) That shouldn't be in outside of like the third quarter of a preseason game. Um, Here's the big one. Austin Cutting, the long snapper, is currently on COVID-19 reserve. He was exposed. He wasn't positive, so he can still maybe come back if he doesn't show any symptoms. He was exposed to COVID-19. So if he comes down with symptoms or if he tests positive or anything like that, um, then he he'll have to miss the game. And then suddenly we could get some real weird special teams timing stuff. And the Vikings just gave up two blocks last week with their, their intended long snapper. So that could get a little weird. Oh boy. <laughs> well, oh, listeners man. listen to what Luke said there. Cause that's an opportunity where we, we all be paying attention to in the game on Monday night. Hey Dub, what did you see as far as the injury report for us this uh, upcoming week? Um, we have some couple injuries, man, that I think are key factors. I mean, Robinson Harris, you know, he's going for season-ending surgery, the, the shoulder surgery. Um, so he's pretty much done for the season. Um, so he was a big part of what we did. We also have uh, David Montgomery, you know, in um, protocol. You know, um, he's uh, concussion protocol. So okay. we've got to worry about that. If we lose him, that's going to be tough. I mean, we probably have, what, um, Miller as our um, backup, probably be the backup, but I'm hoping that Montgomery can play. He hasn't been ruled out completely, but that's a big concern. Well, to your point there with Miller, I'm not even sure if he's ready yet. So you may have a situation where we might be looking at Cordell Patterson. Uh, you know, yeah, it, well, yeah, that's if, <laughs> that's if, that's if, our, uh, that's if Nagy uses him correctly. But yeah, you're correct on that. But I would say either him or uh, Ryan All. But either way, neither of those options to put any fear in Luke and, and, and the rest of the Vikings uh, team there. Because if Montgomery doesn't play, that changes the complexity of this ball game for us. So that's going to be a right. key situation for us to look at. I agree. You talk about throwing the football. We saw Foles throw the football 52 times last game. He may be on pace to throw 60 this game. Oh, no. We can't have that. <laughs> I know. 
I, 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 w- I would say this, and Luke, I've been saying this on our podcast all season. When we see Foles throw the ball more than 30 times in a ball game, I'm like, we already know that this game's went to hell because <laughs> yeah. we're well, behind. You got to be chasing. like trying to come back or something. Yeah, you're yep. chasing. Yep, we're definitely chasing. So we, that's going to be interesting. And and one of the injuries, A-Dub, that I wanted to touch on real quick was the, with the offensive line. So we saw that Spriggs was taken off of that COVID list. Okay. Um, so he should be able to return. And I'm not sure of the status of uh, Mustafer or Cody Whitehair yet because Cody Whitehair is still nursing that calf injury. For our listeners, you, you guys already know, our offensive line was very makeshift uh, last week. And we're probably going to have a little bit more of that going into this matchup against the Vikings. So that'll be something for everyone to kind of keep their eyes on this upcoming week. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, well, I was going to throw out my uh, keys uh, real quick. So um, I briefly touched on it earlier, but it, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone that I think that if we can contain Dalvin Cook, I think we have a good chance of of winning this ball game. Uh, we, we beat the Vikings four straight. So we've had some success against this team. Um, but however, we're going into this game with an offense that seems to be broken <laughs> and um, and, a, and an offensive coordinator slash head coach that seems to be stubborn on making the type of adjustments to his scheme to complement the type of guys that he has out there. So it's going to be really imperative on our, on our defense to just make sure that they are basically being the lead catalyst for us this week. We did hold Dalvin Cook last year in Soldier Field to 35 yards. And Luke, you probably remember that game. That was the game that Hakeem Higgs and Roquan Smith and everybody were out. And yeah, Stephon Diggs asked for a trade after that game. He sure did. <laughs> and he, well, he, you know what? He saw how Nick Wachowski uh, blew up Dalvin Cook on that play, and he said, nope, I don't want any of that smoke. Get me out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but He's got to deal would, with Belichick. For, yeah, exactly, right? Belichick linebackers now. Yep. But, no, I would just say this my key when it comes to that is we have to have that same formula just make sure we close off all those gaps and just storm the football. Because if we don't, and you allow him to get to that second level of defense, it's, it's, it's night-night. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's kind of the thing that I was thinking. Uh, A-Dub, what did you have as a, as a potential key? I have a couple of keys for sure, but I'll give you one right here. Um, I understand you know, uh, that Cousins may have been having some up and down this year, but he does have some couple good wide receivers out there. I mean, Thielen. Um, we also mm-hmm. have Justin Jefferson. Hey, look, Justin Jefferson has been a sleeper. I mean, if you've been watching that guy, man, he he has emerged as a as a big playmaker uh, for them down the field. So he's going to be a guy we got to watch for sure. At this point, you all don't even care about Stephon Diggs that he's gone because this kid has stepped up very big. So uh, we can slow him down. Those two wide receivers that puts us in, in a good spot. Well, I would say this on that point. I want to see what Luke thinks on that. But I think that if our D could get pressure on Cousins, it neutralizes that advantage with Thielen and with Jefferson. And and to your point, I did some film review on um, Jefferson just because uh, I was just curious to see uh, last week because we were playing the Titans. I wanted to see how their receivers on the Vikings kind of matched up against Butler and those guys. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this, and Luke, you probably already know this, but I thought Jefferson, his route running and ability and, and and getting off the line of scrimmage was pretty phenomenal for a rookie and a, a rookie that has like that thin frame. So I was really impressed with what I saw of him on film. What, what are kind of some of your initial thoughts when you look at Jefferson and kind of what maybe you guys thought when you drafted him? Yeah. Well, anytime I talk to somebody who covers an upcoming Vikings opponent, the thing I got to ask about is how's your slot coverage? 
because the Vikings, both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are probably better in the slot than they are outside. They're both fine outside. So it's not like you have to put them in the slot, but mm-hmm. if you have a weakness in slot coverage, if you've got a buster screen screen out there or somebody like that, they will destroy you. That's where uh, a lot of the tricks that Justin Jefferson has, especially his tricks to release off the line of scrimmage are especially effective in bunches and stacks in the slot. Uh, you know, if the, the Vikings aren't just going to throw him outside and let you press him all day because that's kind of the only way to beat Justin Jefferson. Um, they're going to, you know, make you work for it. And he do, has all sorts of interesting releases. Uh, my favorite is his hezzy release where you kind of uh, feign going outside and basically try to take the corner outside with you. And then if they come with you, you can cut back in. And if they don't, you can go outside like you were threatening. He's used that to absolutely crush people all season yeah. long. It's yep. a very, very veteran thing. I, I would say that you kind of right now you have to pay as much attention to Jefferson as you do to Thielen. And even then, you know, sometimes if you're paying a bunch of attention to those guys, then you might end up with Dalvin cook one-on-one in the flat. And then a check down turns into a 13 yard gain. We saw that happen a couple of times against Detroit. So I, there are a, a number of weapons that you have to deal with. And it's a matter of, you know, where are your best players and how can you get your best players on the Vikings best players, you know, that the Packers had Jair Alexander shadow Thielen and follow Thielen into the slot, which meant that now Jair Alexander is playing in the slot. He's not nearly, he's okay there, but he's not as good there as he is outside. And right. if you're going to do that, like you, you have to figure out exactly where your players are best and how to make sure that you don't end up with, you know, Adam Thielen on, on a, on a linebacker. And I would say this too, you guys have been in 11 personnel a little bit more with having Jefferson mm-hmm. out there. and Because they have three rosterable receivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that you make uh, the good point about, I saw how he ate up Butler on tape because you're right. Um, he's not going to basically be able to power people off the line, but that hesitation move, a lot of cornerbacks are going to think that he's going to go for the out route. And if they basically bite on him going on a go route, he's going to have a first down every rip. And I think that's going to be really important for Buster Screen and his matchup to make sure that he's really staying to his tendencies and not going for that fake, <laughs> you know, because it's going to be a long uh, night if, if he if he goes for it. Yeah, and I like his way he fakes before he goes uh, deep, right? He has, like you said, Perez, those good route runnings that camouflages everything where you may think he's going deep, but he may make a quick turn on you. You're like, whoa, this guy's gone already. So you got to be very mindful. And you're right, screen's going to have to be disciplined if he's going to um, guard him. Absolutely. My- Wait, you guys actually have Buster Screen? I was making fun of the Jets. I genuinely did not know that was your slot corner. No, that is our slot corner. So I thought when yeah. you said that, I was like, yeah, he's picking fun. And I loved it. Right. Uh, no, yeah, no. Oh, my God, our- no. I was that making our fun slot of the corner. when... <laughs> Oh yeah, watch uh, watch Thielen versus Screen if you want to watch a game. Uh, Twenty eighteen Vikings Jets. It was Thielen versus Screen. It was a bloodbath. No, I I heard about that matchup, and when we signed Screen, I just remembered all of Nagy and our and Ryan Pace like hyping up the signing, and I'm like, they think the Bears fans don't remember what he did as a Jet. Now I will say this: yeah. <laughs> he's been solid for us. I super didn't know that. Yeah, he definitely he definitely is our slot corner, <laughs> but. Yep. They think that we forgot. Now, I would say it, he, we lucked out with this situation, but he's been a downgrade, in my opinion, from Bryce Callahan, who we had that was a standout in the slot. I love Bryce Callahan, uh, but, you know. He's one of the best slots in the league. Yeah. The yeah. only thing with him, he just couldn't stay healthy, right? That's <laughs> yeah. it. And if I remember, he smoked Thielen in our uh, Soldier Field game, the only game he actually played because Thielen sat the second game last year. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, so, you know, I will say this, man. That Jefferson matchup, that's the one that I kind of was highlighting because I saw the – he because what was the game that he had 175 yards, Luke? Was that earlier in the season? 
I, uh, that was either that Titans game and then the next game uh, against the Texans, he had like another big one. Yeah. So I that think, was that against the Seahawks. I don't know. He he's had a couple of pretty pretty major performances. Yeah. He's 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 good, man. He's really good. Um, Ada, my other um, key to the game, and I'm gonna let you get yours in too because I, it sounded like you had one more as well. But it's not a surprise that I think that we need to get ahead early in this ball game. This theme of us basically being down and having to try to, you know, get 10 points or 13 points with this offense is not happening. Right. So I think that if we could get ahead, make a goal of just kind of scoring quick and just riding our defense in this ball game, I think that'll be key because if we can get ahead of these guys, then it takes away that threat of uh, the Vikings being able to pound the ball to Dalvin cook. Because one of the things that I noticed with the Vikings, they like to run that clock and they like to reduce the number of opportunities that the other team gets to possess the ball, right? So if we're able to kind of get a hold of that lead, then it basically changes the complexion of that game, and we get Kirk Cousins out there. And not to pick on Cousins, but I would just say this. I like our chances nine times out of ten with him trying to beat us as opposed to Dalvin Cook. Because I would just say this, man, uh, we'll be in for a long game <laughs> if, uh, if we allow Dalvin Cook to start eating up those yards and if we don't get out to a good start. Yeah, I agree with you on that standpoint. You're right. Uh, we'd rather all, uh, let Cousins Cus try to beat us than him, for sure. Um, but what I had for us, though, I kind of went back to our offense because, again, our offense struggled last week, right? And I don't think we can struggle again this coming week against Minnesota. I think a key factor for us this week is going to be third down. We can't continue to go like we did last week, two for 15 on third down. Because oh. what's going to happen is, I'll tell you right now, Minnesota do a good job. And, Luke, you can back me up on this as well. You all do a good job at blitzing on third down. So we got to come up with some good plays on third down to extend these drives. Because I can tell you right now, they're coming. They're going to bring the heat. Yeah, yeah, Zimmer always loves to. But we don't have – this is not the uh, the Zimmer defense of old. This is not the Daniil no. Hunter, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr. This is – this is we've given up two score leads in multiple games this year. Right. So you're de- even though it's – it's usually the kind of thing like Mike Zimmer teams are usually, you know, you get behind two scores against a Mike Zimmer team. They're going to close you out. This is not the way things are anymore. You can always just like burn Chris Boyd for a big giant touchdown, get right, right back in it. That is absolutely in the cards. Not to mention the, the magic juju Nick Foles have has over this, this Vikings team. It's very cursed. Here's the deal though. With that, you know, we, we struggle with our line, right? So every team has been scouting us, been trying to blitz us because of our line. Sure. And I think you all are probably going to try it, but you're right. You all are one of the worst pass uh, rushing teams out there, really, from the standpoint yeah. of a lot of passing yards. So maybe we can exploit that, I'm hoping. But two, I think third quarter, for sure, I mean, third down, is really going to be a key for us to, to exploit that. If we can't get past you guys on third downs, then we're going to struggle. And also on the flip side of that, uh, the Vikings offense uh, converting third downs is another uh, area that I think that we can exploit. And I'm sure you probably have um, covered that on your show, Luke, but you guys are at the bottom of the league in that category. And with our defense, I mean, we had seven three and outs against, uh, you know, the Titans um, on Sunday. So I think that could be something that we can really have some success with in this matchup. Yeah, that kind of thing is tough to sustain too. It's it's tough to like predict based on how it's gone in in the past. But yeah, the Vikings have been in some pretty poor third down situations. A lot of it, you know, it'll be second and ten, they'll run for two. You have a third and eight, and then they can just blitz the crap out of you. Somebody gives up a sack and you punt. That's happened far too many times to the Vikings. Absolutely. What are your uh, what's your final score prediction for this uh, for this matchup? Final score prediction. Um, I, well, I know the Vikings are favored, which is wild to me. So if I were betting it, I would pick the Bears money line. Yep. Um, 
final score, I think it's it's always going to be a weird one. It's going to be like 16 to 10 or something like that uh, with some weird turnovers and stuff. And it's going to be like kind of a, a sloppy, ugly game. Monday night, Kirk Cousins, Nick Foles. It's going to be, yeah, this like kind of hideous 16 to 10 Bears kind of game. Ooh, he sees a lot of field goals coming. A lot of field goals, like 25-yard field goals, though, like where you oh. got to point-blank range, but then Nick Foles threw it away at the, on, on third and goal. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Luke. I hope he does throw it away on, on third and goal instead of throwing it up for grabs <laughs> like he's been doing. <laughs> Respectfully hey, disagree. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, Doug, what you got for us on the final score prediction? I think the Bears will pull out the win of this one here. Um, 20 to 16. I think that's going to be the score. Okay. Bears. I'm going to say this, man. The Vikings are catching us at our lowest point right now. And we're a team that's searching for its identity. And the Vikings seem to have found theirs. So, you know, they run the ball, you know, offensively. They kind of know, hey, this is the guy that we're going to basically, you know, make sure that he's going to be our catalyst. Defense, they're making some some improvements. But for us, we're a team that's one-dimensional. We're good on defense. Offense, we don't know what the hell to expect from one week to the next. Um I'm going to say in this ball game, I'm going to go more on where Luke said. I think the Bears will pull it out, but I think it's going to be like one of those ugly defensive games. I'm seeing more of like 16 uh, to 9 is kind of what my prediction is on this ball game. It's going to be ugly, though. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to see for sure. Uh, this is some, it's some opportunities on both sides of the team, on both teams. So whoever can come out you know, and, uh, and make some noise, like for us, it's going to be our defense that's going to have to drive the force and put us in good field goal, put us in good field positioning, that's going to be a key factor. So if we get that, I believe, you know, um, we can come out with a win. Man, I really hope so. And I really hope that Matt Nagy starts using Cole Komet because that's a guy that I think could also be another value add in this matchup, getting him up the seam. I think that could create another nice little mismatch uh, against those, the backers there. Um, so, I mean, we'll definitely see what happens. Luke. Man, we really appreciate you for jumping on uh, the show here with us today, man. Um, of course. Been really awesome here. We'll definitely love to have you come back on uh, in the future, you know, when we do some of our preview pods, but this has been awesome, man. Yeah, it's a great time, guys. Thank you so much. No worries. A-Dub, go ahead and sign us off, man. Thanks for listening to the Very Citrus Podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will recap the Week 10 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings with special guest Big Dave Watson from Ball Sports. Bear Nation, come right down with us. Peace.